0: Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners. Welcome back to the Level Up English podcast, the place to level up and improve your English. From me, or with me, a random British guy who likes talking about English, and hopefully I can teach you something too. So thank you for being here. I've got another audio question today from Sheena, which we will get to in just a second. I know sometimes I do tend to talk a little bit fast, maybe, if I get a bit ranty, and I know my guests often talk very fast and have varying accents as well. If you find it to be a challenge to follow along with me or my guests, then you might like to get the transcripts these are like the subtitles for the episodes where you can read everything I'm saying as I'm saying it and it's a really good way to improve your reading your vocabulary and of course your listening so if you want to do that you can check out levelupenglish.school transcripts and there'll also be a link for that in the show notes hopefully on your app or wherever you're listening to this episode That's my quick shout-out, as I often like to do at the beginning of the show. But without further ado, let's get into a message today from Sheena.
1: Hello, Michael. Um, I want to ask you some questions about the oral English. Um, That is, when and how should we use some colloquial expressions? Um, I mean, I, I hear you... Talking on your podcast, and uh, I can hear so many colloquial features, um, like uh, the words sort of, kind of, you know, um, like this kind of thing. So, um, and I also hear from some IELTS, um, IELTS examiners that, uh, if you add some. Native speakers' colloquial features to your ios oral testing, and you can get higher scores. So, um, I want to know something about that. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you, Sheena, for that very kind message. I really do appreciate any messages I get, but that was a really good one, actually. So, basically, Sheena wants to know about colloquial expressions like sort of, kind of, you know like and another phrase for these are gap fillers they fill gaps in your sentences and yeah it's also a good thing to do in IELTS as well so yeah let's talk about them a little bit today um, to give an introduction they are very tricky because you know native speakers will use them without thinking we don't think about it and their meaning is very subtle Their meanings can be very subtle, but it is quite important in sounding natural. And, you know, answering the question, I think I just said, you know, didn't I? I'm I'm much more conscious of it today because of this question. (laughs) But yeah, answering the question, if you should use them or not. Well, first of all, I recommend familiarising yourself with them as much as you can. Using them too much can be quite annoying. This is a warning. And I think like is the worst offender here. So we often hear people, it's kind of like, I think it's like a Californian uh, stereotype, California girl stereotype where it's like, so I was like so hungry like and like I I like really didn't know like what to do like and they say it so many times in every sentence and it's really, really annoying. It kind of sounds as though they don't really know what they're talking about, you know? But they do have their place in English. They can be used and they are useful in some cases. And they are very useful when you're stalling and you're thinking about what to say next. So personally, I try to use them less and less. Just because I find speakers who can go without them sound better, personally. You know, I I quite enjoy listening to people who sound so fluid and natural and they don't have to keep pausing and using fillers because they seem to have such a clear idea of what they want to say and i really really do aspire to be that way someday but it should also be mentioned that it's much better to say uh you know or something like that rather than just going um uh and just making these sounds because too much of that can be very annoying and very difficult to listen to but yeah i do use them without thinking of course you know i had no idea that i said kind of so often until i started a podcast and i was listening back editing my episodes and i was quite surprised how often i used the word kind of it came up all the time and i didn't even realize i don't know why i was using it so some examples you know we've got well let's look at some examples now well is a good one one is just to show that you're thinking about something like well hmm i suppose that's a good idea well i might be free maybe so you're thinking about it but you're using well to give yourself some time to think and it also conveys that tone to the other person like oh he's thinking because he said well so it's quite useful in that sense or even if you're not thinking it can just simply be used to stall and delay something um especially if you're reluctant so if someone asks like hey can i have 20 pounds i want to go to the supermarket you go ah oh, well well okay here's 20 pounds and like you you kind of know you're going to say yes but you want to still you want to sound reluctant so that's one of them one way to use it like that one that I'm trying to use more, actually, because I quite like this one is, hmm, hmm. This is usually written as HMM. And if, if it's a long one, it's just you add more M's to it, right? It's a little bit like, um, but it's more like you're thinking about something. It's like you're deeply thinking about something. And I kind of like, I feel like it's more, I, don't, I just, it's just less annoying than um. I would say. I don't know why. But this could be, what would you rather have, the ice cream or the cake? Hmm, I think I would like the ice cream, please. So it's much more kind of thoughtful in that way. One that comes up all the time is, you know. You know, often said quickly as, you know, you know. And it can be used to kind of say, I said kind of again. Oh, I'm saying it so much now. You know can be used to say, like, someone else knows what you already are going to say. Like, I think you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, basically. So, I had the most amazing meal the other day. Y- you know the food at this restaurant, right? Yeah? You know this one? So, it's, you're kind of like saying, you know this, don't you? I-, I think you know what I'm talking about. But maybe even more commonly, it kind of just fits in between phrases and it stalls you while you're thinking and it's often used when we are trying to express something difficult to someone. So I'm trying to kind of get you to understand. And I'm like, you know, you know, come on, you, you know, don't you? Like, I want you to know what I mean, but maybe you don't. Maybe I'm still trying to express it. And if you listen carefully to especially my conversations on the podcast, you will hear this a lot. You will hear, well, in my opinion, I, you know, I'd say... I just think it's a really bad idea because the president, you know, the president is going to be, you know, doing all this stuff. And yeah, so it's kind of inviting someone to understand what I'm saying and fill in the blanks if I'm not being so clear. It's very hard to describe the meaning, um, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to some of this more intricate stuff a bit later on. Another one is I mean, which is a good one often used at the beginning of a sentence and I think it's often used when you're about to say something controversial so I haven't actually found any lists online that agree with me here but I think when I use I mean you often say the next thing like you're going to disagree with something that someone else has just said right so if I'm going to say something really controversial, like, I mean, I quite actually like pineapple pizza. You know, other people are going to disagree. So you say, I mean, you know, it's not that bad, right? So that's a common one in, in that sense. Um, It can just be used to clarify what you mean. If you want to say something in other words, you can also say, I mean, at the beginning, right? We've got many, many more like, I guess, I suppose. Of course, that just shows that you're not exactly sure about something. Like, I guess it means this. I I suppose so. You know, you're not 100% sure. You're just thinking out loud, perhaps. Maybe one more we can talk about, because I mentioned it before, is the word like. Like is often used for exaggerations, especially when something isn't exactly as you said. Usually it's lower than what you said. I could say there was like a hundred monsters attacking the guy in the movie. I said, like a hundred monsters. Really, that means there were, you know, 50. I'm exaggerating to make the story more, you know, more interesting. And the other one is, as I said at the beginning, it's just to give yourself time to think. Um, And that's like, I was like, you know, totally scared and like, uh, really didn't know what to do. Like, It doesn't really have any meaning it just gives you some time to think about what you're going to say next but again I would recommend avoiding that as a habit that's not so good okay if you want to see more of them there are huge lists online if you just google gap fillers or you know whatever your search engine is gap fillers english you get a long list of them that'd be much more interesting than seeing me talk about it on a podcast But yeah, for IELTS as well. So, Sheena also mentioned the IELTS exam. I think it can be really, really useful for IELTS. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. So, how does this sentence sound? Well, it all started a few years ago, you know, when I was sort of helping my mum do the dishes and it was like, really nice day, you know? Sounds quite natural, doesn't it? It sounds quite fluent and coherent. Coherence is one of the marking criteria for the IELTS exam. So it sounds really coherent and the flow is quite quite nice. Conversely, how does this sound? Um it all started a few years ago uh when I was uh helping my mum do the dishes and it was uh, a really nice day. How does that sound? I said the exact same sentence, just without the gap fillers, and I said uh instead, and it sounded much less coherent. You know, that's definitely not the speech of a fluent, coherent person. So yes, for IELTS it can be really useful, and I do recommend trying to use them as much as you can. So in short, it's good to use them. It's a good idea if you can, but don't go overboard and use too many. I would suggest trying to focus on one at a time and make sure you know how to use it properly rather than focusing on all of them and using too many at once because you'll end up sounding unnatural. If you cannot use it in the right way, it will just sound weird. When you gain more confidence speaking English, these are really high advanced levels, you might be able to move away from using so many fillers and speak more kind of assertively and let's say coherently but keep in mind that many native speakers can't do this either so that's kind of a long-term goal perhaps but for now I think it's a good idea to learn some of them. Regarding how to learn them I don't have any great tips because I struggle with this myself but as I said I suggest picking one of them hearing how it's used in different contexts yeah and a really good website for this is called Uglish. it's like a combination of youtube and english youglish.com and if you go to that website you can search for the gap filler that you want to use and it will show you an example of that gap filler in many hopefully youtube videos so i just tried this with you know and it came with how many zeros is that one two three four um it came with 1.5 million videos there's a lot there so so you get to hear like real life examples of how these are used in speech in natural speech from all over youtube and it's such a great tool so i recommend trying that once you are familiar with the usage of your filler and the meaning try to use it in a conversation you can challenge yourself to use it five times in one chat for example keep repeating this with different common ones and i'd say that should be a good way to practice them so you have one chat with someone maybe your teacher your friend you say okay i'm gonna use you know five times and see if you can do it naturally that would be a good a good practice and once you feel like you've kind of got used to it, you've got the hang of it, you can move on to a new one and try that. That's kind of my method for using more fillers. So use these online lists, use this website, Uglish, and see what you can do. There is also an argument to be made of just picking them up naturally. I'm not sure how helpful it would be to listen to a list online. Maybe it's easier just to listen to the podcast and listen to other things, you'll naturally pick up these fillers and you can learn them that way. That might be better. So you have to figure out what's best for you. One final tip which I think could be helpful is to record yourself, right? So as I said at the beginning, I didn't realise how much I said, you know, sort of, kind of, until I listened to myself speaking on the podcast. So when you hear yourself speak, you'll probably notice all the things that you're doing and not doing. And you might realise you're saying, um, so much. And this is often the first step to reducing it. Because this is exactly what I've tried to do. And I think it's gone quite well. I used to be a lot more hesitant in my speech. In future talks, whenever you pause, whenever you feel like you're about to say, um, train yourself to replace that with, you know, or something like that. So rather than going, I um, went to the shop, you could train yourself to say, I, you know, went to the shop and it just sounds so much more natural. It's, it's a great thing you can do. So that is my two cents on that. That's my opinion on gap fillers. I'm not going to go into too much depth on the specific gap fillers because I don't think that would be very interesting for a podcast episode, but there are many YouTube videos about it and many blog posts as well so that might be more helpful but i will make sure to link up all of the resources i've mentioned today in the show notes at levelupenglish.school/podcast128 but yeah for now thank you so much for listening and i don't have any reviews to read right now so i'll leave it there but i will end you i will end you i'm not no nah, that sounds horrible i'm not going to end you i will leave you i mean with one quote as I often like to do. This quote is from someone called Beverly Sills, and she said, there are no shortcuts to any place worth going. There are no shortcuts to any place worth going. Hmm. Very nice. Well, thank you for listening until now. Really appreciate it. And I'm so glad we could hang out for this little bit of time today. Thank you. And I'll see you hopefully next week. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to the Level Up English Podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode.